Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll, the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. 
It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. That was 24. This would be so fun. I'd ride this thing till the wheels fell off. My sister in Christ, I am 33 years old. My sister in Christ, I am 33. My sister in Christ, I am 33. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And tonight, for the first time in what seems like 30 years, we are recapping only one episode of Bachelor in Paradise. I'm so happy. I feel free. I felt renewed energy just on our live stream today. I was like, why do I feel like I have a pep in my step? Oh, we only have to recap two hours, (laughs) not four. I feel like... Rodney after getting a rose from Eliza. <laughs> like all is right in the world. Like you're going to ride away on horseback? Yes. <laughs> With my wifey's on the back. But before we get to our recap of tonight's mm-hmm. big game, and there were some big plays tonight. There were some interesting things that happened tonight. Some things we've never seen before in our beloved game. The giant group crying session at the end. Literally every player on sand crying simultaneously sobbing was very interesting. There was some other interesting things we've never seen before. And there were some things that we've seen exact replicas of before in other seasons of The Bachelor that were just completely ripped off. Speaking (laughs) of, there's going to be a motherfucking paradise prom. I win the bet. Is that prom, though? All I saw was a party. Told you. All I saw was a party. They're wearing prom 80s outfits. Oh, were they really? I think. I don't know. It could just be a, uh, what was the Titus Burgess big ass party or whatever? Do you remember that? Tight ass. Tight ass party, right. It could just be a party. But we'll we'll find out. That was obviously okay. in the promo for next week. But before we get to any of that, we got a little bit. Sorry for celebrating too early. We got a little bit of business to celebrate. Speaking of celebrating early. Number one, please vote if you haven't already. It is election day when this comes out. So run it to your drop your ballot or vote in person. Speaking of which, we are selling a green gore logo bag still where 50% of the profits will go to the National Network of Abortion Funds. That's on GameOfRoses.co. And if you're looking for something to wear to vote in person, we, of course, right now have some hoodies available in different colors. Maybe you're a pageant queen and you'd like to wear pageant queen pink. You're already a champion in the minor leagues. Now you can show everybody what you can do in the big leagues in pageant queen pink. Maybe you're a free spirit a la Rapini and you do a voluntary nudity play post-mortem on your limo exit and you're a free spirit light blue. Let everyone you know wonder whether or not you're even going to keep this shirt on. Sweatshirt on. Perhaps you're a professional like Rachel Lindsay. Show everybody you know that you're all business in professional navy. Perhaps you are... Your favorite color is villain black. You are getting that edit like you just want money. Are you here for the wrong reasons? Show off your dark side in Villain Black. 
And also, we must mention that this Friday, there will be no This Week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to play an old episode. That was the top 10 takeaways from the Hyper Binge, which is something that Pace Case and I did in preparation for writing our book, How to Win the Bachelor. We went through and we watched every season of The Bachelor, episode one, season one, to episode 12 or 13, whatever the final episode of season 25 was at the time. We watched it all in order, on two times speed, meticulously recording every play that had ever been made so that we could tabulate everything for our book. We're going to replay that episode, and it's for very good reason. Pace Case and I are, all we can say is doing a clandestine mission for the pit. We can literally say no more than this. Eventually, there will be a point at which we can uh, discuss what we've done, but that point is not now. We're digging deeper. We are definitely digging deeper, and we are digging wider. We are making the pit mm. even bigger to swallow more mm. people. Vertically, horizontally, That's diagonally, right. <laughs> larger. In every direction, every direction a pit can be dug, we are digging. But uh, so this Friday, it's going to be a replay of our top 10 takeaways from the Hyper Binge. We hope you will enjoy that. But now... It's time to do what we came here for, Pace Case, to break down this episode. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. The intro. Tonight on BIP, we see Wells with a choco banana. We see a donkey. Maltby and Olio are on a date. We see kisses. It's raining. There's a thunderstorm. We see Logan's youth versus Hayden's money. We see Eliza, Glaze, Rodney in their triangle. Everyone is shaking. Tears all around. It all starts right now. And then we get the video intros. We see two new ones. The young twins get one here. They pretend to be staring into a mirror, but it's just them looking through a frame of a mirror. And we see Hayden Markowitz snuggling with a giant plush dog. It looks like there's a person in a dog suit. I don't know who that person is, but... Rapini. Rapini's in the dog suit. Show us the Rapini getting into the dog suit tapes. I noticed that he was part of Daniel Maltby's intro package. So I was like, maybe he was a part of all of them somehow. Right. <laughs> like the PA on set. <laughs> yeah. Rapini doubles as the PA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll buy it. Portion one begins. It's night. We see Brandon and Serene asleep together. Brittany ITMs that everybody's realizing paradise is ending soon. And she's been talking with Tyler about their relationship outside the show. It's perfect. And she couldn't ask for anything more. Then she gets some colorful narrator duties about the tumultuous relationship of Parisi and Clancy, Eliza choosing between Justin and Rodney. And Kate went on a date with Hayden. That upset Logan. Logan then talks to Rapini in a forced guy chat about hoping Kate is getting clarity from her date with Hayden and Logan ITMs trying not to smother her, but he has regrets about his laissez-faire strategy. Hayden and Kate return from the date. Kate ITMs being torn on paper. Hayden is what she's looking for. She thinks he has a lot of money, but she complains that she carried the date on her back. And this is the first time that we're getting this intonation that Kate uh, material wealth is important to her. That, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she's saying good on paper, which obviously that also lets us know she's not going to choose him. Anytime anyone says good on paper, that person is not getting selected. That is a way that you can say this person is perfect on paper, which means not in real life. <laughs> I don't have chemistry. I don't have the spark. I don't have the thing that I really like. Um, it's coded language, essentially. Otherwise known as the GOP. Oh, good on paper. Nice. But uh, we're going to get a lot more of this from Kate all throughout this episode, that it's really about money for her, which is a strange strategy. I don't know how true it is of her. 
I don't know if this is something the producers drummed up. I don't know if it's something she's doing to kind of take a villain turn. It's not a smart play, in my opinion. It does seem, you know, like perhaps she is trying to go into the princess archetype, but it is falling more into the villain. I mean, maybe she's embracing it at this point. She, I mean, we'll get to it, but she ultimately goes into this thing of like, I, I want to be taken care of. I don't want to have to be the provider and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's a little princessy, but princesses usually, current Olympio style, come from money themselves. So it's not a concern that their man is rich. It's just that they have all the things they want. This is something a little different. At any rate, we see at the gates to hell, Kate thanks Hayden for the date and the stories about Rambo. <laughs> he told. Rambo's getting so many fucking shout outs. I love it. And uh, Hayden says he's glad he took her on the date. Glad she said yes. No kiss here at all whatsoever. Not even one on the cheek. And Kate ITMs that she and Logan have a tangible connection, but he didn't fight for her at all. She wants to be fought for. And somebody who's vocal, she feels lost. And we get this narrative once again, which was also played by Eliza, that Sometimes you're going to have to fight. Sometimes you're going to have to say, don't go on that fucking date. I forbid it. And we saw no one make that play, obviously, this season. As they come back to the beach, uh, they hug all the beachgoers, and then she pulls Logan for some one-on-one time. She asks him if he wants to catch up, and she says she's doing a temperature check on how he's feeling. Basically plays this make me stay to him. Do you care either way? I don't expect you to pin me down, but I expect a little more of an opinion. And it starts raining. And they continue to have this conversation in the rain. I feel like producers force them to do this. They're like, have this conversation and then kiss at the end and it'll look like this really romantic thing. I did not buy it for a second that this is like, oh... A magical notebook moment, as it might no. be called. <laughs> this entire thing, I wrote so much about this this scene. Um, Logan is explaining basically his apathy strategy in it. It's his head versus his heart, he says, and he keeps calling her, her, and she. He's referring to her in the third person, which I found very strange. He's like, my head says <laughs> she deserves everything in paradise, but my heart says. Don't let her go. He's talking to her, to the she. He's he's talking to her directly, but he's saying it in this weird third person, like TV kind of thing. It's like he's just answering a producer. <laughs> Either like he's answering a producer or like he's trying to explain it to the fourth audience. And he explains that he thought her mind was made up mm. and he would ruin everything by saying, don't go on the date. But he finally comes clean about it, he says. He says, is that what you want? Here, I'm saying it. You got it out of me. And... There's this weird edit in this moment. I put this in my Instagram stories. It's like a jump cut from him going, is that what you want? Here, I'm saying it. And it's it's clearly something's missing in between there. This is not mm. a fluid cut. So I have no idea what was really said in this conversation or how it went. Here, I'm saying it. Let me go inside, please. Give me an umbrella. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I've given you your wet plate. <laughs> he forces her to make an all eggs here. And she really has only one place. She makes it. She's like, I'm sure. Uh, don't be blase about this. And he says, I want you to be mine. She says she feels the same way. And they make out in the rain. This kiss, kiss, kiss. The other players are all cheering from the dryness of the palapa. Somebody screams, pick her up. He then pulls her into a standing huju. So we've now got the other players directing the action on the beach. Olio throws his hands to the heavens like he just saw someone rise from the <laughs> dead. This man is trying to do the most with his acting capabilities. 
minimal though they may be. Olio then says, that's our king. He screams, that's our king about this play. Kate then ITMs. For the hoojoo. Yeah, for the hoojoo, the standing thing, the kissing in the rain, the whole thing. But that's our king, I thought was a, a bit much from Olio, but he's trying. Kate then ITMs that this is like a scene from The Notebook. And I wrote, the only problem is the acting in The Notebook is 10 times more believable than anything we're seeing on the beach in this moment. <laughs> Thank you. Roasted. Uh, that's what I do, <laughs> you see. I just couldn't believe that we were witnessing this. I don't know who orchestrated it. I don't know if it was the producers telling them to do it or if they were kind of doing it themselves. It seemed like the producers to me. It seemed like the producer said, you guys need to have a moment on the beach. It's about to rain. Obviously, we can see the clouds. The storm's coming. This is going to be a great moment for you guys to come back together after she's come back from the date with Hayden. <laughs> now I'm doing the third person thing. <laughs> and... Uh, and, you know, you guys should go out there, make up, all eggs each other, and fucking kiss. And then we'll get everybody in the, the palapa to fucking scream that you're their kings. I, I think that's probably what happened. For the record, our producer has been screaming at clues. He has to say this. Yeah, exactly. But then they do it, and, and Hayden takes off, pulls her into another hooju, and then takes off down the fucking beach, holding her, and Logan ITM's being happy about all the talk that they had. And he feels safe saying it's him and Kate until the end of the thing. I'm sorry, don't you feel excited that she backed up to make sure she got a real hoodoo in the document? Yeah, these are weak hoojus and they're not covered well. This is the thing. I think generally with Paradise hoojus, they are not... They're not covered as well by the producers. The shots you get of them are not good. Sometimes in the, the main game, you get fucking like Olympic level coverage of every element of the hooju mm -hmm. you see the whole fucking approach nice wide shot i just keep in my mind i'm replaying that season 24 kelsey weir pilot pete uh international travel round hooju that she did that, that was very likely a 10 we didn't get the dismount footage of course but that the coverage of it that we did see especially the giant wide shot i love that you can't tell that without saying the dismount footage bit. well because it's like uh <laughs> it's like any baseball stat or any other sports stat that has some fucking asterisk by it it's like it can't be fucking official because we don't know we don't have it i feel like they can they get the coverage when they are two people being reunited coming together like for a new date portion or the start of the date that's why I'm so impressed when we see hoojus like this that are just like in the middle of a conversation. That's making your own hooju moment. Yeah, but they're weak hoojus. I'm not saying it's not important and I appreciate what these players are doing. Please believe me, especially in this season. I fucking I greatly appreciate <laughs> everything these players are doing cuz they're trying to fucking pull this thing out. That said, these hoojus are weak. Like, period. I, I can't get around that. I have to be objective when I'm talking about hoojus. They're fucking weak. Grandpa Clues is back. Back in my day. People used to really hoodoo. You can call me Grandpa Clues all you want. I feel like I am probably, and I, I think this is objective. I don't think I'm tooting my own horn here. I think I'm probably the best hooju expert in the world. <laughs> You're laughing uncontrollably at that statement. <laughs> And I can't believe you would do such a thing. I don't know why I was. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that to come out of your mouth. I was just expecting something else. Well, I don't know what, what I was expecting. All right, but. look, I'm just saying 
yes, you are the foremost hoo expert. I would say you have spent the 10,000 hours that it takes to be an expert in something absolutely on hoo Yeah, I agree with that. And I just simply think, objectively speaking, from the world's greatest expert on hoo <laughs> that these are weak fucking hoo So, yes, I appreciate the attempts, but they're just not good. And they're also done, you know, not to really get into the the weeds here, but just one more weed, please. They also are not enthusiastic about them in a way that is sincere. They are treating it as a joke. You can tell that in Mm -hmm. the tone. And so they can't be taken seriously. Where's the reverence? Exactly. If the players doing the hooju don't take it seriously, how the fuck am I supposed to take it seriously? Portion two begins in the day. I think I'm more of a volumist when it comes to Uju's. I oh love God. I love a volume. <laughs> a volumist. I'm all about a steroid. I like I'm a steroids era. I'm a volumist. <laughs> the more the better. I want to see home run after home run. Anyway, that's just me, in my opinion. Everyone is very happy that they had that moment. And Alio, the the morality man, says it was really, really nice. Portion two. Logan ITMs that while while he's working out that last night was the remedy. A hoo is the remedy. The experience, it's a dangerous liaison. Do you like that? <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I thought that might be a reference. It was fantastic. And uh Thank you. Logan then <laughs> ITMs that they're on solid ground and he feels so good he's gonna hang out with the boys. So he falls into the pool. Someone makes fun of him for kind of tripping and falling in. And Iguana looks on non-plus. And this Iguana was almost my creature of the week because he exactly captured my lack of interest in this entire plot because the acting was so bad on that beach. Logan then ITMs that there's a rose ceremony and some of his friends have worries, but he has nothing to worry about. Cut to Kate complaining about Logan not having enough money to Eliza. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I got nothing to worry about. And then it's literally like, he can't fucking even afford a gym membership to the gym I work out at. But we get this whole thing. She ITMs that maybe she jumped the gun, all exiting him. She's complaining to some other players about his age, calls him a boy. That was before she knew he didn't have an Equinox pass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a trainer, Sinead. I mean, I'm sorry. This just, I laughed so hard at all of this. And they're doing her so dirty with this editing. He can't afford to take me on a trip. He lives with two roommates, not one, but two roommates. And we see him repeated over and over again. Well, she repeats the that comes a little bit later when she unveils her catchphrase. No, the two roommates part she repeats. Oh, did she? She's basically telling Mm -hmm. every other woman on the beach about Mm -hmm. he's too young, doesn't have enough money. Those are the two main uh, attacks she's using against him. Too young to be serious. Money values. (laughs) Yeah. Too poor to appease me. Too young to be serious. Too poor to appease me. And so she is really punctuating her distaste for Logan's financial status. She opens her eyes to full aperture at one point when she leans in to tell Shanae about... uh, Full app? She was full aperture eyes, full eye aperture when she leaned in to tell Shanae about um, his inability to pay for the gym membership. That was almost my face play of the game, but it was not. Mm, Oh, I did note that face play. Great face play. It was fantastic. Kate launches into her catchphrase then, where she is now telling all these women, as my sister in Christ, as my sister in Christ, as my sister in Christ. My sister in Christ, I am 33. That exact phrase. It's important, I think, that we note this. 
they air this comment over and over again. And I feel like it is to to do her dirty, but it's such a good phrase that I'm just yeah. like, I'm obsessed with this. My sister in Christ, I am 33 and I am 33. Yes, but it's also like a she wrote this shit coming in and they don't yeah. just play it multiple times. They fucking split the screen and play it in three different conversations simultaneously on one fucking screen. This is a villain edit through and through. Usually catchphrases are gold. Look how Clancy has fucking used all of his this season. Facts. But Galavan here has uh, given them license, basically, to make her look bad with it because she's actively playing... Jungle Pass. He came in with Bonsall. Do you remember that? The dynamic duo? When he's itching for something and he's like, the only cure is the lotion of the ocean or whatever. Yes. <laughs> like, they had it fucking coming in from the beginning. Big facts. All that shit. Here, it gets overplayed. Yeah. Um, Such a good phrase. My sister in Christ, I'm 33. I am... <laughs> I'm going to start calling you my brother in Palmer. Oh. <laughs> I take that as a high compliment. Do you like that? I love it. <laughs> Kate, then ITMs. On the other hand, she likes that Hayden is rich. She tells this to the other players. They all agree it's cool when a guy can take care of you. Kate says she can support herself, but she's tired of doing it. And we get Shanae and Hayden having a little conversation. And she says she doesn't want to be a breadwinner anymore. She ITMs, wanting a man with provider energy. Night falls. The guys march across the beach toward the cocktail party. Olio ITMs a producer written line about a storm brewing. Rodney then tells the guys that some of them are on the chopping block, but what will be, will be. Serene gets the colorful narrator ITM about Kate and Eliza being on the fence with their roses. Jacinia then ITMs that she knows Kate is wondering if Logan is the right fit and she might go with Hayden. So they're now using all the other players. And this was a technique used all night tonight. Uh, they're using all the other players to really be like, no, this is the important thing. Have all the other players talk about it because we don't have the footage to show you to actually convince you that any of this is important. All we have is players reading scripts that we've written. It was kind of a weak choice, I thought, by the producers. Nonetheless, DLP emerges to talk to what he calls the beautiful couples <laughs> who he hopes will produce <laughs> engagement. There's so many beautiful couples here. That fucking phrase to me, oh, it's so fucking mm. funny. Empathetic king. Indeed. He's, he's with them. He knows it's been a dramatic and a romantic week, but fellas, make this one count. And we get into the kissing at the cocktail party. We see a few brief pops of mini dates. Tyler feeding Brit blindfolded. Maltby painting some painting. And then Olio's cheek. Cute. I mean, they're obligated to do that. Any kind of like paint play, you got to get some on the other person's face. They don't disappoint. It's a classic play. One stroke to the left cheek. They disappoint to me in that they don't do, they don't fully <laughs> paint their entire face and body. And just make them look like a wreck for the rose ceremony. That's the experimental play. Can you imagine? That little thing unfolds like this. They're painting their paintings. Ha ha. She slaps him in the face with a fucking paintbrush and gets the one streak on his cheek. And he's like, ha ha. Then he turns around behind him and picks up a fucking dump a, a <laughs> bucket of like Sherwin-Williams <laughs> fucking blue house paint and just dumps it on her fucking head. And then she turns around uh, and does the same thing. And they're standing at the rose ceremony. <laughs> just fucking That's so funny. I would... I would be doing experimental plays like that the whole time I was there. Yeah, Producers, I'm going to need a uh, five-gallon bucket of house paint. Okay. Uh, we see Genevieve re-hits where they are on the love levels. We love level three, and I feel good. And then we see this scene between them. Aaron 
Mm, Fucking mm, Clancy. Mm, says, this is a little bit of a difficult conversation. The last few days were rough. You're upset. I was upset. When you said love level three on the jungle path, I said love level three. But I was really in the heat of the moment. It's not true at all. I've already fallen in love with you. Love level four. And this reneging of the love level three in a fake out in order to love level four, Genevieve, was my play, 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 play of the game. Took some training, but I feel like he's now the male slus 2.0. Professional player. He's a superstar. He's a fucking superstar. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. Just like there has been nothing in their relationship since they solidified it. There is no drama. He's creating it out of fucking nothing. This is how you play a fucking love level four, ladies and gentlemen. You pretend like you are about to break up with the fucking person. (laughs) Then you hit him with a level four. It's unreal. You know, other people are getting like what you just said, like Gallivan and Tyler are fucking eating strawberries with a blindfold on. Maltby's fucking slopping paint on Olio's fucking face above the beard. Barely covering his face. Yeah. I mean, very minimal coverage. Clancy says, no, you're not going to get away with giving me a fucking four second shot in a montage of the good couples. I'm going to go ahead and get a scene out of this. Let me just do that right now. And he fucking manufactures this out of nothing. This guy is incredible. Um, Normally, this would be my play of the game, but I found one more a little interesting. We'll get to it. Uh Clancy then pops some champagne. His his work here is not done. He plays a PCC. This is a personal champagne card. Or should it be a PVCC? (laughs) Personal, no, PCVC. Personal champagne virginity card. He says this is his first time popping champagne. And then they get this playful banter about his revoked LL3, some kisses, and she ITMs that this whole thing made her feel special. I mean, oh God, he's just a fucking master of the paradise game. Now, I don't know if that would ever translate back into uh, the main game or not. I'm sure he's learned a lot here. I think he would be a better player in the main game, but Jesus Christ. I think paradise is his court, you know. It's clay. You don't want to see him on grass. Yeah. There's nothing he can't do on sand. One of the best paradise players that has ever fucking lived. And those are some hallowed halls. We see quick pops of Shanae talking with Kate. And Shanae is like, do what your heart feels. You do like kissing more. And then she talks about fanny flowers. It's like, do you, who makes you feel a throb in the vagina? I thought she said, who makes your vagina drop? She said throb. I I thought it was drop, and then I was like, no, it must be throb. But then maybe drop is... <laughs> Minutia. Minutia alarm, I'm calling it. Kate then ITMs <laughs> that Logan had a chance to sweep her off her feet, and he didn't do anything. So she's giving Hayden now a chance, because he's rich. One-on-one time with Hayden and Kate. By the way, that whole drama with Kate stealing Logan from Shanae. Shanae obviously doesn't care at all. No, Shanae is fucking giving Rose's... To one of the young twins. <laughs> Florence is giving fucking roses 
to one of the young twins. They don't give a fuck about uh-huh. anything. They're like, how many more free drinks can I get before this fucking thing shuts down? That's all they're doing now. I don't know. I think we're going to see double young proposals. I don't feel as strongly about this as my prom prediction. <laughs> if that happens, I will lose my fucking mind. That will be, in my opinion, the greatest work the producers have ever done. If they can get Florence and Shanae to accept dual young twin <laughs> proposals on sand. Kate then uh, <laughs> ITMs about this Logan being or Hayden being rich thing. And then we get some one on time with Hayden and Kate. They recount the date. Hayden says he's recovering from the upside down zip line experience. She says it was so much fun. Kate then ITMs that he's probably disheartened because of her makeout with Logan. The one that we saw scripted that they did the poor performance of. She tells him she spent some time in her head today. Hayden says he enjoyed their date, but he gets it. Kate ITM's needing a miracle to help her make this decision. And Kate tells Hayden she has something for him. She pulls out a tennis ball. No expense was spared on this prop of a literal tennis ball. It's a gift for Rambo, she says. And Hayden then ITMs wanting her rose because she's kind-hearted and down-to-earth and sweet. And then in juxtaposition to that statement, she throws this fucking tennis ball into the surf and commands him to fetch it like a dog. This was all very confusing to me. Wait, wait. I missed the scene. What? You did not see any of this? I cut off with her... Saying ITM he's disheartened coming back from the date and I made up with another guy. That wasn't the <laughs> That was not the that end wasn't of that the scene. Act end. What? Kate Gallivan pulls out a fucking tennis ball that is stuffed <laughs> under one of the pillows on the fucking daybed, and she says, I brought a gift for Rambo. It's just a tennis ball. And then she throws it into the ocean and goes, fetch. And he has to kind of like, oh, okay. And like slink off the fucking daybed and he runs out into the beach to get the, the ball. And then we get a casting card. Are you looking for a real man who goes to a real gym? What? Are you serious? Essentially implying the guys you're dating aren't rich enough to afford, in quotes, a real gym. So they're playing off the materialistic villain edit. You think uh, Equinox paid him? No, there's no Equinox logo in this. I can't believe you didn't see the fucking tennis ball. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen on on Paradise. No, that is very strange. And these are like, that's a producer thing. Obviously, that's a producer thing. How this works is the producers come to her and they're like, we need to make it look like you are interested in him. So you're going to have to do something on this daybed. Yeah, we need a mini date activity for you with him. A mini date activity. What about a gift? Yeah, okay, I'll give him a gift. Oh, it's got to be something for Rambo. Yeah, sure. What do we got? We got Mm -hmm. some tennis balls. Let's do a tennis ball. Okay. This was all ramshackle last minute. No thought given to it. She pulls out this tennis Mm -hmm. ball and then does the fetch thing. That might have been improv. More disrespect for Rambo. Yeah. Too much disrespect for Rambo. But this whole scene, like the construction of these things is starting to fall apart to me in a new way. I think Mm -hmm. because I'm watching Love is Blind. Because there's some shit in Love is Blind that is fucking (laughs) real, you know? And you can see yeah. it. You're like, oh, fuck, that's a real conversation. This is some real shit happening. And so when you see all of this shit, you can, I can at least at this point now, I'm getting very good at seeing like, oh, that's fake. They're acting here poorly, you know? It's easier to spot, I think, because of Love is Blind, strangely. Interesting. Sharpening the knife. Oh, my God, you have no idea. Entering another pit. 
Oh, by the way, we are going to do Love is Blind in the off season. <laughs> if you missed our announcement. Yeah, if you missed the announcement, uh, we can announce it here very quickly. We are going to recap <laughs> Love is Blind season three, starting at the end of Paradise in our uh, top of the week episode. We'll still have Twibbon this week in Bachelor Nation every Friday mm-hmm. covering all the Bachelor stuff. And we're just going to see how it goes because I've been watching it and I see the game now. I see the lie of it. And we might have... A winter surprise. Indeed, we might. But now let's move on to the third portion of this. We said we were going to be able to do one episode tonight, and we hope that we would keep it to an hour. We're already half an hour in portion three. Here we go. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I feel like it's my fault. No one's fault. (laughs) It's just what the game demands of us. It is how our beloved game takes hold and uh, forces us to do these things, (laughs) just like Hayden was forced to fetch that fucking tennis ball in the surf. I can't believe you missed it. That shit, you should go back and watch that. It's well worth watching. Uh, Portion three begins. We see Alio telling Glaze that he's on edge because of these triangles. Glaze tells him that he might be psyching himself out. He took a shot with Eliza and something is there. He shouldn't be focusing as much on her and Rodney, but he can't help it. Alio ITMs that this triangle is the one everyone's most interested in and he's worried about Justin. This is all Alio is doing in this show now and Maltby. They're just ITMing about other people's shit all the time. I wrote here, I was like, this is a repeat line, the car crash, you can't look away. I think they're just playing it for any drama. They're like, put the Olio car crash line in. But that's what I'm saying. Like, part of why this is not working, like, this is one of, I thought, in terms of, like, the uh, producer's ability to build narrative structure, it was one of the weakest episodes of this season. And when you have to rely on all these ITMs of other players talking about a relationship or a situation to make it seem dramatic... Mm -hmm it actually does the opposite. It actually takes away from any perceived drama because you've broken the rhythm of whatever drama you're building in the edit. And it's like this guy who doesn't give a fuck about it, who's clearly reading off a fucking cue card, essentially, not literally, but you know what I mean. Producers are like, what do you think about the love triangle and why uh, everybody's so interested in it? You're probably worried about Justin, right? And then he's like, well, this love triangle is the one everyone's most interested in, and I'm worried about Justin. What natural disaster do you think she's acting like? Yeah. (laughs) It's tonight a car crash or a hurricane. We'll give you that choice. (laughs) Glaze tells them that he took his shot with his all legs, focusing on her. And Rodney tells Kate that he's going to lay it all on the table. He is loading that all eggs. And we see this conversation between Eliza and Rodney. And Rodney apologizes right off the bat. Don't want any uncertainty. I see you as a potential wife, fiance. He's doing this future casting. I wanted to make sure you were happy. And Eliza's like, that's all I needed to hear. And he says, sorry, I'm late. You know I want you, right? And he is all exiting her, love level wanting her, and they make out, and he ITMs, I want her to be my everything. Seems like everything is going great. Then we see Eliza and Justin. He cringles her gummy bears. And that he's taking notes to make her happy. And we cut between Rodney telling Clancy all about his all eggs while we see Eliza make out with Justin. If I may, if I may, if I may, just just one thing. I just have one comment about this in terms of what the show is. She was with Rodney and she was happy with Rodney. Had they let that Uh play out, maybe they get engaged. At the very least, there's not this traumatic event that destroys the entire fucking beach. But instead, they Mm -hmm. bring in Justin Glaze, who they've had in a hotel for a week at that point, roughly, specifically for this purpose, to 
shoot him back into here because they all these players have to fill out lists. Who are the people you would most like to see? And there's strategy in those lists for sure. How you fill them out. If you want the person that you like to be on on the beach at the same time as you, and you're not one of the favored players, you got to do some trickeration in your list. That is absolutely mm-hmm. certain. But for the most part, a person like Rodney, a person like Brandon, they don't have to worry about that. Yeah, Colton revealed that he had written his list in different orders so that he could get dates with Hannah G. <laughs> and yeah, that was a fucking bachelor. Exactly. But uh, I believe that like Brandon's list, Rodney's list, Justin's list, I think those were all legit because those are high ranking players. And they were like, yeah, fuck it. Here's who I want to see. And Eliza was at the top of both their lists. So they're like, this is a love triangle. That's how they start to devise who's going to be in triangles and who's going to play what role and shit at the beginning of Bachelor of Paradise. And here they've done it. So they sent him in like a guided missile to destroy the relationship between Eliza and Rodney. And it is seeming to work. And that's all the drama we're uh, in with this. But it's like, fuck, just let them have the relationship. Maybe that's better. Exactly. And they purposefully time this so that DLP is tinging while Eliza yeah. is sobbing undecided so that she's going to make the worst decision possible when yep. she's completely torn. And I think there's something too about this the, this current era of paradise where they really make the environment hostile in a mm-hmm. way that it wasn't in the early seasons. Slowly it started to creep in that it was like hot and there were a bunch of crabs. Mm-hmm. Now it's like that's what they primarily focus on when they're not talking about narratives. If it's just like environmental shit, it's like this place is hell on earth. Look at these people. I don't know. Anyway, portion four begins. <laughs> night. Still at the cocktail party. Florence tells Maltby that she feels for Rodney and Justin. Eliza is crying about having to make her decision. She doesn't uh she doesn't have any more time to think about who she has to send home. Victoria Fuller tells her that it clicked for her when she thought about who she would have a family with. Future casting was um, Victoria Fuller's strategy. And Parisi ITMs that her heart is going out to Eliza. Eliza produces tears. Kate and Sinead talk. Galavan tells her that she is thinking she might just go home instead of doing the uh, rose ceremony. And DLP enters with a nine ting. Mm. I believe that's the highest this season. This indicates that standard play is over. What does nine mean? What does the highest this season mean? He's getting more excited? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But also, <laughs> some of it wasn't on camera, so that could have been augmented tings. I don't know if they were real. You think they augmented the tings? I know we've already had this conversation. I'm having deja vu. you kidding me? <laughs> if you're a fucking editor on this show, how many times you have to cut tings? Some people are fucking with tings just to stay sane. <laughs> it's. I'm thinking of that meme of all those old people who are on the slot machine. Did you see that one today? Yes, I Which did. Hitting it again and again, and it's like the editor on the ting tapes. <laughs> 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 me adding tings to the <laughs> bachelor footage. The editor's like, "Let me see how many fucking tings I can put in here before the producers say something to me." So far, <laughs> yeah. nine. I love it. Keep doing your good work. Eliza is still crying her tears. Victoria Fuller tells her that no matter what she chooses, everybody's still going to por- support her. And uh, Victoria Fuller ITMs that it's Rodney all day long. Don't fuck this up. The rose ceremony begins. DLP welcomes them to the fourth rose ceremony. The most important rose ceremony to date, he says. Maybe that's why there were nine tings. There are some serious couples here. Some are love level three, while others are love level four. The roses have never meant more than right now. At this point in paradise, you have to ask yourself if you really want to leave engaged. There's a lot on the line. There are 10 roses, 14 men, four will leave tonight. 
Then we get our rose ceremony. Some interesting little tids within the ceremony itself. Parisi gives to Clancy. Uh, Cruz to Spencer. We got Brittany Galvin to Tyler Norse. We got Victoria Fuller to Johnny DeFilippo. By the way, none of you have got that first flower as a reward for the love level fours. Totally. And the producers know that they're a strong couple. They always front load the strong, cu- strong couples because they're like, we got to save the drama till the end. Uh, upon reception of his rose, Johnny gives himself a self-glow in an ITM. We see Maltby give to Olio, Serene to Brandon, Florence to Justin Young, Shanae to Joey Young, Kate to Logan, but she makes him promise to give her more than he's giving her in order to get the rose. This wasn't quite a rose ultimatum, but it almost felt like one. Did you think this was bizarre at all? I loved this move. <laughs> okay, I thought you might. <laughs> Thought it was very bizarre, and we talk about all the time how when you're giving the roses out, it's the only time you can get something in there. I would say something every time. I would say it in the middle of my sentence so that it has to be baked into the edit. Here's what I wouldn't say. I'd sooner go for a woman than go for one of the twins. (laughs) Yep. That was harsh. I agree. (sighs) But Logan ITMs that he doesn't feel well-liked by Kate. And then DLP comes out to remind us, this is the final rose. Eliza, who are you going to give it to? And we get a cliffhanger before she chooses, going into portion five. We pick up where we left off. Galvin gets an ITM here talking about how tough this decision is for Eliza. They're really boosting up that narrative. She's getting a massive hero edit here, Eliza, I think. Usually, if you're the fulcrum of a love triangle and you don't know what you're going to do up to the rose ceremony, you get a little villain sprinkled on you. Eliza, though, avoiding it every time protected Mm. player potentially we get itms from all the players about eliza must pick rodney everyone loves rodney we're building that narrative and then eliza does indeed give rodney the rose and she thanks him for his patience with her he gets that rose and then she pulls justin to go talk to him and we see this one-on-one time between justin and eliza she apologizes to him and he tells her that she needs to do what's going to make her the happiest no hard feelings basically in any of this and we say goodbye to Hayden Markowitz, Jacob Rapini, Justin Glaze for the second time. And you might remember a player named Alex Borjakov. He was in the season earlier, <laughs> and he was there this whole time. We did not see him at all. This motherfucker was disappeared in this edit. What is the, what is the point of having an elimination ceremony? And be like, it's going to be a bloodbath. Four people are going home. And then you're just like, eh. he got a fist bump and a thanks, guys. Haven got a wave. Great meeting y'all. And we don't get Rapini's <laughs> exit until later. He yeah. only got a, a chest pound and a salute. And I was like, he brought so much this season. He deserved to have an exit where you even realize that he's going home. Yeah, Rapini is one of those players that elevated himself, I feel like. He was known primarily as a a kind of super fool player who is like down for whatever, always going to be naked, doing crazy shit, saying crazy shit, playing the part of a literal Tarzan as his kind of like uh, nickname character. And I think he really showed this season, for what it's worth, that he's a better player than that. That he doesn't really need to rely on these gimmicks. He he will use them because the producers are telling him to do it. But he has some game. He has some ability here. And I think if he comes back to paradise, I'd be very curious to see what he can do. I hope that he support for today's episode comes from one skin. 
If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about OneSkin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it right now you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies, comfort from the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. 
Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Does. I could see him doing kind of a Clancy thing where you come in, you're more of a fool, um, not really taken seriously in the romance department. And that is a great pivot for someone who... I remember the first time I saw him was in that group photo and he had no shoes on. I was like, who is this? <laughs> yes, I agree. I, I really, I love what you did, Rapini. Congratulations. I think this was a successful season for you in Paradise. Again, I don't know why Alex Borjakov was cut from this fucking edit. Like, to make room for what? More Daniel Maltby and Michael Olio ITMs about other couples? We then see... The start of one of the largest tier play runs that I have ever seen in my entire life by Eliza. As Justin has left, we see he's crying in the van. He gets one last face play and we see her crying at the threshold. We see her crying in her ITM. We see her crying on the jungle path. She ITM. She thought she would feel so much better. Why do I feel worse? And she cries and to Rodney. And Rodney is the STCO for these tears. And she, he says, you're all mine. I'm not letting anyone take you from me. And she stares into the abyss as he becomes the possessive all eggs, one basket she asked him to be. Sometimes when you get what you want, you realize you didn't want it in the first place. Mm-hmm. We then see a casting card. Nominate your grandmother or grandfather or any senior citizen who is still young at heart. To go through this torture. I did not like. So, okay. So, Clues and I were arguing about the definition of a grandpa on our live today. That is why this stemmed. People were calling him Grandpa Clues. I thought mm. it was very funny. And he's like, Well, I can't be a grandpa. I don't have children or grandchildren. And I was like, I feel like any old person can be a grandpa. And DLP to come back at me with this yeah. Cal State card right after. I, I'm still on his side, but I, I see what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, DLP has got my back in here. Grandmother, grandfather, or any senior citizen. That's a senior citizen he's talking about. I'm not a fucking senior citizen. Portion six begins. It's the morning. What year are you a senior citizen? What senior citizen? 55, 65? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I don't, I don't know. know. It's too far away. Too far in my future. How Never given it any thought. Old to be in AARP. 50. I got another 30 years. Portion six, morning, Serene and Brandon are kissing. Galvin and Tyler eat bowls of yogurt. Victoria Fuller reclines on Johnny. Clancy reveals to Olio, Tyler, and Logan that he loved Level Ford. Olio asks Logan what Kate asked him at the rose ceremony. He reveals that she made this demand of him to get the rose, that he's got to step it up. And he ITMs that it's important for him to show her how much effort he can put into the relationship. He needs a date to show her that. And on cue, a date card comes in, but it ain't for him. It's for Michael and Danielle. Two's company, three's a party. Love Wells. Uh, we've already seen this tease, and uh, we're about to get into it. But Brandon ITMs how happy he is for Michael and Danielle. They deserve it. We get a deserve here. This is the show saying you should support this relationship. It's so beautiful to see their relationship grow. And this is the first date card that's given to a couple, right? Yes. I believe so. Why is that? They can only date each other? Well, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they're not going to date anyone else. And it's a relationship that the producers are promoting. This is like they're they're really trying to make Olio the grocery store, like hard, hardcore. And it simply isn't working because Olio, what what he's not doing, the grocery store did 
is lead the angry mobs. He was involved in the <laughs> drama, you know. Olio mm-hmm. uh, has been cl- uh, removed from the drama, 100%. He's literally just commenting on shit in ITMs. He's not a part of any of it. So it doesn't quite play out the way they hoped. But uh, we see Olio and Moby kiss here. And then we get this date. That is a when in Rome date. Everyone calls that mom and dad going on the date. And I'll let you describe what happens here. I thought a gorgeous moment, but maybe. Uh... No, I, I this was a gorgeous moment, too. No, 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 no. Olio greets Wells with a rare man to man hooju. Now, technically speaking, it's a weak there's no ankle lock there's no attempt at it again they're treating it as a joke but the fact that he did it yeah what about the reverence okay. look i have reverence for it <laughs> i'm just saying it could have been better but i loved it and i thank you michael olio for this i thank you wells adams for this if you were indeed uh holding prior knowledge of it if you planned it with olio or if he just sprung it on you i don't know mm-hmm. but i absolutely loved it thank you for doing this thank you for breaking this barrier have we seen a male-on-male huju? I- I'm thinking Tyler Cameron and Matt James. Tyler Cameron did one to to somebody, kind of like jumped on his back or side. It was at some mm. rose ceremony in uh, season 15 of Bachelorette. I forget who it was, but it was like when a guy comes back from the one-on-one date instead mm. of getting sent home, they were like happy that the guy came back. I forget who it was. He did something kind of like it. Nothing mm. like this though. This one was no like a real huju. Anyway, Wells then tells them that he wants them to experience the town and style, all the OITMs, that he's going to use this date to get to know uh, Danielle better. And he says, we need to focus on us as though they've had anything stopping them from doing that on the beach at any given time. All they're doing is laying around together all day long, (laughs) eating every meal together. They've been doing this. But it really feels like it's just going through the motions to me with this relationship with much uh, for this entire season. The producers are missing, uh, misusing Olio and Maltby. They're like inert. As I was saying, they're not attached to the drama. So there's no stakes in this. What if they don't wind up together? No one cares because we've seen more of them commenting on other people's relationships than we've actually seen of them talking to one another. That is a difficult Mm. thing to base that relationship on. Anyway, Wells introduces them to some horses, Lobo and Tamarindo. And Lobo was my... Creature of the week. Anytime you throw a horse into our beloved game, you're basically going to get the award because it is such a pristine symbol of our beloved game. I, in fact, purchased a horse from Villa de la Vina at the uh, house sale that they did. A a statue. I'm no Hayden Markowitz. (laughs) I was so confused at first. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You have a horse? You were with me when I bought it. You were standing literally a foot away from no, me. No, I know. I, I remember the yeah. horse statue. I, I didn't know the context. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, Texas, maybe. This is actually, they're in Sayulita. I took a, my first surfing lesson here from a teenager, local teen. It was hard, but I liked it. Um, And they ride these horses through the street. And we see Wells. We're not done with him. He is riding on his own equine, in a sense, a donkey. And this donkey that was used to cement Wells as not 
the empathetic king, our host, Dark Lord Palmer, but instead the fool side host was my. <laughs> <laughs> Creature of the week. I feel like this donkey might as well have said, you will never be host, written on the saddle. It should have been hanging from the donkey's tail on the back on like a wooden placard as he's walking into the distance. We see it. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, we we see what this is. All right, Wells is waiting for them. He's got tacos. He's got Mm -hmm. choco bananas. He's got hats. He's got drinks. And they're encountering Mm -hmm. him every 15 seconds, it seems. The production of this is such that they, of course, are setting up at every one of these places. So uh, Maltby and Olio have to stop. They tell them, here, you talk here for a while. Then they go set up the new uh, location with the cameras and wells and the thing. And then they have them walk by. And this is all manufactured. Mm-hmm. What's more, we've seen yes. this already. This exact same thing happened during season 16 of The Bachelorette. And Dark Lord Harrison was in the place of Wells Adams even down to him, like riding a bicycle around La Quinta. And the scooter. And the scooter. Was the place of the donkey. Fuck. Yes. But it was the same thing. Like, yes. oh God, he's popping up at every turn. How do we get away from him? And I, I hoped for this when we were in Amsterdam. I was hoping that the different Amsterdam stations would be Dark Lord Palmer doing this, yeah. but in different disguises. And they do the worst version where he's just the same person. And talking about the production. I noticed I was like, suddenly he has this hat on in one of the scenes. And then the next scene, he's a hat salesman selling hats. I'm like, well, that obviously took place before the other one. Yeah. The editing of of this entire season, but specifically this episode has some shit in it that I was just like, I can't believe that they are doing this. Like nobody's saying, hey, (laughs) what are they time traveling here? What's going on? No one's saying that. And I will also say this. I, I couldn't help but compare this to the one DLH did. And, and really say like, okay, mm-hmm. let's give Wells a shake here because they're asking you to do something the host of this show for 20 fucking years has done. So let's compare them. And this is my humble opinion. The bit is bad. Like it's a, a bad premise. Even when DLH did it. it, it's not funny. It's dumb. It interrupts the date. I like it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think that it's like a weak premise. That said, DLH pulled it off. My only problem with it is no costumes. Right. Well, kind of. I mean, he had the hat. But my only edit. I think DLH actually pulled this off when he did it. He made it entertaining because you had never seen him do something like that. Scurry around as quick as he could. You saw him in a different light and you're like, okay, that's interesting. He's willing to do this for the game. Here, it's the exact opposite. This is an attempt to elevate Wells. He's forced. Yeah, but Wells is trying hard. He's fucking acting mm-hmm. the shit out of this and trying to be funny. And it, for me, did not work. I did not find him funny. I laughed so hard when I saw him holding the Choco Bananas. Did you not laugh? No. But that's like prop comedy. That For me, Wells doesn't have it. There is something that is not there with him that you need to be a Dark Lord. I'm not saying he can't be the guy in Paradise who does exactly this shit. He's like good enough for that, I guess. But I don't think he could ever be a Dark Lord. Just like you're saying, when he gets on that donkey. No fucking Dark Lord's riding a donkey. Can you imagine DLP on a fucking donkey? Nah. No, they would never do it to him. And that's why I feel like they're giving him a fool edit with this. I also am like, I'm distracted that they're doing so much food play while they're on horses. I'm just like, this. Mm. <laughs> they need hand sanitizer. 
<laughs> Just me. Anyway, uh, Wells joins them for one last drink on the beach. And Danielle kind of talks to him about his love story, which I did think was interesting, saying that she had he had shown her the photos of Sarah Highland. I felt the exact opposite. What's going on here? I was like, yeah. And I was like, they're just making Olio and Maltby talk about somebody else's relationship again. That this person isn't even mm. on the fucking show. Like, unless I'm really deep into bachelordom. I mean, obviously, everybody listening to this podcast knows Wells Adams yeah. is engaged to, or married to now Sarah Highland. Oh, then you don't even know who he's talking about. Oh, my God. I'm so deep in the pit. I didn't even think maybe you don't know who she is. I think most of the people watching this show don't know who the fuck he's involved with. And don't even know who Sarah Highland is. Yeah, speed agree. They should have put her image of her and showed a short clip of Modern Family and then like this is Wells' <laughs> wife. They put a clip of fucking Modern Family in like the old the shit that they're using like for recaps from footage of other seasons. And oh they put God. it just in front of Maltby and Alio having a real conversation. We don't hear it. We just see the Modern Family clip. Oh fuck. They just- <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved if a fucking clip of Modern Family just drops right in the middle of it. But basically, at the end of this, he's like, you guys can both come to the wedding. And, uh, you know, he gives him this advice about finding your other person. He asks him how the house is at one point. What house, Wells? Are they staying in a separate place? <laughs> yes, they are. Olio and Maltby are not sleeping on that beach. That is what we just learned right here. I think he just means house like house life. Nah. Oh they got God. them a fucking house. I'm telling you. Conspiracy town population you. Uh, he said fucking house in the document. We saw him say it. We talk about the, the mansion, the house. Like it's always wherever they're staying on whatever season it is. It doesn't have to be an actual house. I think it means like house life. They go to the greatest lengths I have seen of any TV show to make sure you know these players are living in squalor, constantly (laughs) being attacked by bugs and crabs and heat and all kinds of shit. Now he's just, oh, no, but what I call that is the house. No way. They've got a fucking house. (laughs) He should have been like, how's the squalor? (laughs) Or the beach or whatever. But I haven't heard anyone say the house ever on this show. Hmm. They got them a fucking house. Anyway, he finally leaves them alone. Population one. I'm not going. I can't go there. I just right. think house could be just like mansion free play antics. It's like it's wherever you are. Hmm. But maybe whatever. Home is where the heart is. Loved, by the way. Daniel Maltby is wearing RBG earrings during this Mm. date. And to do that on election eve, what a play. Alio loves, tells her as well as finally leaves that he loves hanging with her, new experiences. Maybe one day we can come back and visit this future casting. Danielle's like, ITM, she's taking that as I'd like to continue this outside of paradise. I'm like, the communication is still off here. Well, but there's some subtle communication he's displaying when he says, I'm so happy that you came down and saved my butt. This is open gameplay mm. speech. He's not happy about the relationship oh. with her. He's happy to have been saved in paradise, to have been able to continue this experience. That is what he's revealing in that subtext there. Oh. Daniel ITMs, he's the most special human who ever came into her life, and they kiss. No plays were made on this date. That's no almost impossible to do. There were no love levels done here. 
There was no face play. There was nothing done on this date. There was feature casting. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. <sighs> she even questions it. She's like, I guess that means he likes me. I mean, nothing was done here. There was nothing. No substance. Couldn't believe it. Anyway, sorry. Portion eight, we start with two green lizards. Brittany and Shanae smell each other and then smell Tyler. This this the scene fell flat for me. We then see, and she says, Tyler smells like a man. And then we see the shot to your to your creature of the week, the two horses recurring. Nice. And we see Rodney tell Kate and Genevieve that he's refreshed and at peace. Second lease on life. And he's love level fouring the entire beach. The whole house. <laughs> he didn't say that. Uh, we then... <laughs> we see uh, Brandon say he's praying for Justin. Rodney says this week has been the hardest I've ever been through. All trials, tribulations happen for a reason. She's the only one I see. Meanwhile, we see Eliza. She's crying on the couch. We see... Andrew Spencer ominously say, sometimes people don't respond well to tests. By the way, I just noticed there's a ladder in this ITM room. I mean, so many. And Eliza is now crying facing the camera while Rodney t- <laughs> has this, they intercut it with Rodney and Andrew and Brendan saying, Rodney saying, "My, we're going to ride off into the sunset with wifeys on the back. This beautiful image cut to tragedy. And Eliza is I tamming. I feel like I should feel like the person I want is still here. Maybe I didn't write, make the right choice for me. And she I tams. She feels like she's going to throw up. This shit was fascinating to me. It basically is just a guy chat where Rodney's like, everything's great. And then they just chop in four times shots of Eliza crying. She's not saying anything. They don't give her an ITM. She's not talking to any other people. It's literally just images of her crying as Rodney is like, everything's great. Creating this this drama out of nothing from her but tear play. I don't know if I've ever seen a sequence like that where the only thing a player is doing in it is fucking tear play. That's how strong her fucking tear play is. Tonight, I will say this. There have been some great fucking tear players in our game. I ain't never seen anything quite like this. I agree 1,000%. And I think Eliza is honestly, she's propelled herself into the Hall of Fame of tier play at this point with this episode. Absolutely. Because it's so good. She does it in so many locations. Like you're saying, she doesn't even have to do ITMs. She is conveying it all with just streaming tears. And it seems for TRR. She seems truly conflicted. She has everyone else be an STCO for her. Um, incredible. And I mean, we're going to see something that happens later and you can, you know, say what you want about who is responsible for a certain thing that happens later. But I think at the very least, she's painting the canvas here. She's getting people ready to explode emotionally. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, 
three body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to discount the role of her initial tear play in this fucking wacky event that is about to pop off <laughs> coming right up because she starts it, in my opinion. At any rate. We see her come back to Rodney and she swerves his kiss and Andrew Spencer mm. notices the swerve. Mm. That shit was hard to watch. And they all know about it because Andrew Spencer tells all the other players and they're like, oh shit, she gave him the cheek. Oh, it's hard. But then we get this uh, one-on-one time with Rodney and Eliza. She's like, I can't do this. Immediate tears. Rodney begs her to talk to him, tell him what's going on. She says, you know how hard this whole week was for me. She's never had to do something like this. There's so much pressure, more tears. She chose him because they've had such a good time together so far, and it's been uh, really good. But she chose him because it felt like the right thing to do. That's kind of a good on paper. She has a lot of feelings for him, and she felt loyalty, loyalty to him because of the amount of time they spent together. But when she was walking out, Justin, she was so upset. and She thought it was uh, due to her hurting his feelings, and she thought it would pass, but she woke up and felt the same way. And it wouldn't be fair to him if she didn't tell him how she was feeling and pretending like she didn't have feelings for Justin too. Uh, and he asked her if she thinks she made the wrong decision and where she stands. He asked her to be honest. And as Rodney asks Eliza for her honesty, he delivers my face play of the game. 
Rodney is doing some fantastic face play during this. There's a lot of um, licking of the lips. There's some biting of the lower lips. He does it twice. I prefer the second time around. They were both fantastic. I'm giving it to the second one. The way he contorts his face while doing this is it conveys, uh, to me anyway, a complete uh, detachment from reality. He is so lost in emotion that he has forgotten there is a camera on him and his face is just doing what it's doing. And what it's doing is fucking beautiful. This is some of the most rare face play you're going to see. It's a true full contortion of a face into something that doesn't look like the person. It's just a reaction he's having. This is not premeditated face play. It's just, again, beautiful face play. Thank you, Rodney. Portion 10. The rest of the beach is worried about Rodney. They make Andrew, Spencer, and Tyler do a peeping Tom. They see Eliza's tears, and Andrew does a thumbs down to the rest of the group. And Brittany and Victoria do the space play. Oh, thumbs down, which is a great moment. And Andrew says she's crying, and Rodney is staring in despair. <laughs> <laughs> which is it would have been better if he's like she she's crying and Rodney's doing some really weird face play <laughs> like I don't know what's going on but they're both their face plays out of control right now um Eliza says she was influenced by how much love everyone has for Rodney and Rodney's like is it him and I thought this was just such a great question. It's very like make me the next bachelor question. And we're seeing this buildup of this victimization edit that is exquisite. Um, Eliza says, it's not, I don't have feelings for you. I have stronger feelings for Justin. And Rodney looks off. Oh, the look off. It's so for TRR. You can't even make eye contact. Eliza says, I think you might be a better fit. And Rodney's like, and why is that? You don't even have to answer that. And we cut back to Andrew Spencer saying, he said it was his future wife. He's been future casting. Uh, this is going to break him if she leaves. And this breaking of Rodney, this dumping of Rodney was my error, 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 error of the game. I don't know if it's the dumping. Maybe it was giving the rose to the wrong person in the first place. But there's nothing good that's going to come of this. Your two options, if you find yourself in a place like this, are to ride it out until the end of the season. And maybe you can get out of it around the, the fucker flea time where DLP comes and says, you guys now have to have sex with each other or leave paradise forever. You can get out of it at that time unscathed. So really only a few more days. I think that's a better move than doing what Eliza did, which is like, shit, sorry, I want the other person. People who choose the other person after they've already made the initial choice in our beloved game are not usually well-liked by the third audience, the producers. You're talking about an Ari Lyondike. You're talking about a Mesny, Jason Mesnick. You think Mesny is not liked? Correct. They don't consider those players, I think, like, in quotes, bachelor royalty. But they've brought them back. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's not like a Sean Lowe. It's not like anybody. It's not like a Trista Rain. Not even like a Desiree. They want it to be through the process as it's lined up to be the final rose. So for me, this was the error. She should have stuck it out with Rodney or made the correct decision in the first place. Or just left Paradise <laughs> altogether. Because now you're in a weird scenario where maybe they can cut you into a villain edit. 
I mean, we see what's going to happen in the end with her going to Baltimore and this fucking thing. We'll get to that. Jesus Christ. But for me, it wasn't the error in so much as we see what it ends up getting her. And I don't think Ronnie is completely off the table at the same time. If she wanted to come back at the reunion and like ask him out and be like, I made a huge mistake or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah. again, I mean, it's something you have to consider when you are pairing up with the person that everyone likes on sand. (laughs) They're, I mean, they're not going to want you to break up with them. And Rodney says to her, I'm guessing you're leaving to go find him. And Eliza made my... Face play of the game. I am a sucker for the Michaela Maroney side mouth gesture, and she does it exquisitely here. Oh, wow. That is great. She looks almost like a cartoon. It is very cartoonish. And and for her to still look like a beautiful Disney princess while she has been doing this tear play, like from one tear player to another, <laughs> it fucks up your eyes. You can't make a face this perfect. And so- right. She really, I feel like, pulled it out, you know, while doing so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rodney says, I wish you happiness and success. I'll leave you to it. Goodbye, Eliza. And we get this continued Mm. tear play from Eliza as Rodney sad walks down the beach and he goes back to the group with the saddest face. Andrew hugs him, says, it's not you, bro. Kate Gallivant produces tears. Genevieve produces tears. Rodney tells him she has stronger feelings for Justin. She's going to make that work. My heart is broken or embarrassed. That's where we're at. And this self-elimination solicitation of a group STCO was actually by... Play, 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 play of the game. I'm sorry, I already gave it an award. Um, but this is my <laughs> this is my real play of the game. Ronnie continues after this group hug. He keeps talking. I thought she was my future. We see him tearsing, Galvin's tearsing, Galavan is tearsing, Galvin's ITMing that seeing him cry sunk everyone's hearts and they're all feeling for him. He tells them uh all that he loves them all so much. He thanks everybody. He has a lot of love and joy in his heart to share. This is a bachelor line. And she felt differently about him sharing it with her. Galvin ITMs how heartbreaking it is to see him leave. We get Andrew Spencer is tearsing. He's ITMing and he knows how much love Rodney has for people and how much love he has to give. And it crushes him to see that he's embarrassed by this. They all tell him he deserves the world. They all love him. Brandon is tearsing. Brandon's ITMing that uh, this man deserves every ounce of love a woman can give him. And it's astonishing that everyone loved him except the one woman that he wanted. All the players are in tears. And Rodney milking his exit for what seemed like <laughs> an additional three hours to get the group hug and everybody tearsing and just marching around the fucking Palapa area was my play, 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 play of the game. If he is making a run for the crown. And I believe he is in that moment. I know mm-hmm. he, I, I do believe that he's experiencing true emotional trauma in this moment, but he's also not a stupid person. And he knows that his 
name was in the fucking ring. He was in conversations to be the bachelor. He's aware of that. And he is doing the calculations in that moment. This is maybe my last shot at this. Let me get everything I can out of this. And he's perfectly built this narrative that he is the most loved player in contemporary bachelor in the game, in the active player roster. Everyone likes him the most. That is now very clear. He gets it out of the edit here. He gets it out of the actuality here. That's a hard fucking thing to do. And look, we're going to have a whole crop of fucking rookies in bachelor at 20, but I don't know, like you're up against this. So anybody out there who's thinking about bachelor at 20, watch this fucking season and watch what Rodney does. That's your main competition right now. I think he's in the front of the line to be bachelor after this. 100% agree. We got thousands of ITMs about how 4TRR he is. Mm-hmm. And this group hug where everyone is producing tears. I We haven't seen anything like this before, I feel. No. I mean, the closest I the literally the closest I could think was Luke Parker's hometown date when he had all of his friends and family touches back. That is what this kind of reminded me of, of everyone like powering him up. You know what it reminded me of? What? A black and white photo in Maddie Trizzy Trout's Instagram stories on the day of her wedding where it was her in the wedding dress in the center and all of her friends were kneeled around her touching her in a Christly pose. Mm, sounds like the same same vibe. Extraordinary. Extraordinary to get this reaction. And, and uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in that role. He's We've seen the unlovable person who's actually super lovable narrative many times before now. This is, maybe it'll be like uh, Andrew Firestone was the real millionaire. This will be the real underdog. No, because that was his original catchphrase. But then they stole it for Clayton Eckert in his promos. But they didn't call him the real underdog. They just called him everyone loves an underdog. And now it's everyone loves a real underdog. Okay, yeah, there you go. Everyone loves a real underdog. It'll probably be like, He's looking for the apple of his eye. Oh, God, yeah. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. What does that one mean? That's what it'll be. Some weird thing where he's standing under a tree eating an apple, and it'll say the apple doesn't fall from the tree. It'll just not make enough sense to make any sense, you know? He's the he's the Heidi Klum worm in an apple. <laughs> <laughs> they have DLP hosting in that fucking worm suit. But... Uh, Oh my God, if we could see DLP in that worm suit, I'd be so happy. Hashtag put DLP in the worm suit. Let's make it happen. (laughs) This fucking guy has essentially turned what usually gets 30 seconds to a minute of screen time, a player leaving and saying goodbye to people. If they're a high level player, maybe you get a minute out of it, two minutes. Or a villain edit. I don't know how long this fucking segment was. Yeah, or a villain edit. But this fucker just ate up the screen. Like the whole thing was about him. I don't know how mm-hmm. long he actually stayed there in real life, but God damn, it was beautiful to watch. Then we get the next portion. It's still day. We see the other players are still doing this big group cry. Brandon pulls his shirt over his head in disgust. I love that shot. Kate ITMs that uh, there are these shockwaves from Eliza's decision and they're felt across the board. And we just get this montage of literally everyone sobbing uh, for however long that takes place. Kate ITMs, it was heavy shit. And I wrote this note. I think, yes, they're all sad for Rodney. They all liked him and all this. But there's something else going on here. This is a group of people who have been uh, exposed to a severely traumatic situation that they're still in. I'm talking about being on Bachelor in Paradise, being a, a player in the game, basically. 
They've all been going through this horrible fucking trauma at the hands of the producers. New players coming in, breaking up relationships. Now the women have to go live in this other fucking house. Let's keep you away from the guys that you're developing relationships with. Here's these new players coming in. All this fucking shit. And Eliza, with her fucking really groundbreaking tear play, started, I think, in this group of people, an emotional wave that was building. And then once Rodney fucking comes in and this happens, yes, they're sad for Rodney. Yes, they're sad for the situation. It's also the dam is broken. Everything's coming out of them now. All of the fucking emotional trauma they have felt for the past however many fucking weeks is just coming out in tidal waves of tears from all of them. And I think once you start some of these players crying, it's like everything's coming up now and all their fucking shit is broken. And I'm very curious to see how they each play now after this. If this was cathartic for them, if it reminded them like, oh yeah, I'm in this fucking weird torture chamber. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do to the dynamic, but I think something. Are we getting the the reunion next next week? I don't know. They shot. I don't know when it's airing. Or it's a four part. Do we have four episodes left? So I think it's a four part finale, right? Or no, two part finale. Four hour finale. Because they still have to have the, you have to go to the fantasy suite or leave. Then they'll have Neil Lane come out. Yeah. So that'll be next week. Then they'll have proposals. We then close out with this airplane flight by Eliza to go get Justin Glaze. We see her in full hair and makeup at the airport. We see her in Baltimore, Maryland. It's essentially a Popeye and Maddie Prue visit. When are they shooting this? They're making it seem like it's literally the next day after that rose ceremony. So here's Mm -hmm. what we're asked to believe by the producers. Justin Glaze is dismissed initially, and they keep him there for around a week to come back into the show to derail Eliza and Rodney. However, when Mm -hmm. she dismisses him at the rose ceremony, he's flown back to Baltimore within eight hours. Immediately. Just that's it. Get on the fucking plane. You're gone. That's clearly not the case. He's there still. He's he's in the hotel and the producers had to make the decision. Do we bring him back now? No, that'll look really bad. It'll fuck fuck up the dynamic. We just sent Rodney out in this Heroes, goodbye. You're the best fucking thing ever. If we bring Glaze back, it's going to look shitty. And all these players are not going to like him. So they decide, well, how do we get them back together? Okay, we're going to fly him back to fucking Baltimore. We'll fly her back after the season's over. I would almost guarantee this is happening after the season. They should have done what they did with Whitney Francois. Two SUVs passing in the night. (laughs) I'll never fucking forget that shit. And Connor, what was that guy's name? I forget his last name. Connor Saley. Oh my fucking God. Oh, that, I mean, God. the acting they asked them to do in that scene, that's getting your SAG card. Like, they better have a fucking SAG card. Too. <laughs> yeah. I When you're saying the acting's gotten worse, I'm like, I don't know if it has. <laughs> we need to do a VIP rewatch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anyways, we then cut to Baltimore. She's walking down the street and she walks up and knocks on this door as she's ITMing, being nervous. And then Justin opens the fucking door and acts surprised. As though he was just in there playing fucking Xbox. Who's knocking at my door? All of this is set up. He has to be in that house so they can shoot it. The producers are there with him. He knows everything that's happening. I mean, do you think it's possible? He He's like, I don't know. It's one of the girls who would come back for me. Yeah, possibly he didn't know who it was. 
But the way he answered the door was like, I'm surprised. Who's knocking on my door? You know, why is someone knocking on my door? Mm-hmm. There's a camera crew in his fucking living room. Anyways, that's how we end it. And then we get this tease for next week on BIP. Eliza's telling Glaze that she's back. He's confused. Everyone's crushed. What else could uh, happen? Then we see new players are showing up. NC Abedin shows up. Lindsay Windham shows up. Logan goes on a date. Andrew goes on a date with these new players. There's tears. And then uh, they get this party or prom, whatever it's going to be. More tears. People are leaving. Then the fucking dual crowns show up. Gabby and Rachel touch sand for some reason in the final hour. Next Monday and Tuesday. And we get the tag. What? Are they hosting a date? Must be. Or maybe that party. Maybe it's even a... It's going to be the bachelorette party. Who knows? Mm, Come to my bachelorette prom. And we do get this nice ITM on the way out. Logan, no way. I already have five X's here. Put them all in a jar and shake them up and see what happens. And then we get that tag we mentioned up top. Rapini in the car does this voluntary nudity play and sprints into the night as he pounds his chest like Tarzan. Overall, an interesting game. Who was your MVP? For her triangle play, for her engaging in the most... Tier play solicited by a single player in in one episode. That, as far as I can tell, Eliza was my M M M M V P. It is a hard thing to cry for as long as they made it seem like she was crying and still have it together to make this exit seem for TRR. She's able to spin it and turn it into her own kind of like separate bachelorette love story moment. And all the while, while just being serene looking as possible, able to do this amazing face play. Unbelievable. I agree with you, but she was not my MVP. Who was yours? Rodney Matthews was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. The apple of my eye. The... What's other <laughs> stuff? American is apple pie. I don't know how many other apple things there are. I'd love him if he was a worm. He just did something that I think, as we mentioned, put him front and center in the conversation for the next Bachelor. That is a hard Mm -hmm. thing to do on Paradise. And I think he's done it very expertly. I don't know what he's going to do at the reunion, but as we've heard other people say, leave it all in the field or all on the table, however you want to say it. He did just that tonight. This was a master class in how to not only be a victim, but to use it immediately to empower yourself by saying, yes, I'm a victim, but look at this. I'm the most loved fucking victim in history, which that also makes the victimization more legit because you've got all these people sad for you. If Mm -hmm. everybody's sad for you, you got to be a victim. And then he says in the end, why me? And um, I think that that is a very good bachelor kind of like piece of momentum that he deserves better. It was just beautiful to watch his play tonight, I thought. Yeah, that group hug. By the way, Logan is doing some face play in that group hug that I recommend oh, checking out as well. <laughs> God, because he's taller than them. And when I forget who they are, it's Rodney and maybe 
maybe Brandon and Rodney are like in the foreground and he's hugging them and he's just kind of like looking up in the sky. But overall, an interesting game. Some bad editing all through this as we've uh, become used to in our beloved game. Some bad producing all through this as we've become used to in our beloved game. And just some transcendent fucking play. But we truly are in this era of the producers not understanding the game and the players showing us that they understand it at higher and higher levels. What we saw, I mean, Eliza, I think too, could have been an MVP, my MVP. She was yours. That tier play, it was so um, just overwhelming mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time. So many tears. It was like the tears of a nation, the nation. Yes. And in some cases, having nothing to do in rebuttal to someone else's play other than tears. And that was way more than enough. She really is a fantastic tier player. She will go down in history and be remembered as such. And we still get some more of her next week. Who knows what she can do? So hopefully you will join us for that. But like we said up top, please remember the end of this uh, week is going to be a replay of top 10 takeaways from the Hyperbench. Hyperbench. And uh, that is somewhat in anticipation of how to win the Bachelor's paper print paperback copy is going to be coming out soon. Yes, that is true. Timetable TBD. Yeah. Once we know the date, we will relay that information to you. But thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight for the breakdown of this big game, an important game in this important season, Bachelor in Paradise Season 8. Much is being learned. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,533 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 